Jesus Christ is the Lamb slain before the foundations of the earth. In this study, God's Redemption Timeline, we discover that eternal God enters time so that He can redeem fallen man. The coming of Jesus Christ was not an emergency plan, but an eternal one. In this study, Evangelist Scott Pauley will encourage us to celebrate God's redemptive work accomplished by the Lord Jesus Christ. Open the Bible anywhere, anywhere, and you'll find Jesus. Look carefully at God's revelation and you will discover it is the story of redemption. Someone wrote it this way, I see my Lord in the Bible whenever I chance to look. He is the theme of the Bible, the center and heart of the book. He is the Rose of Sharon. He is the Lily Fair. Whenever I open the Bible, the Lord of the Bible is there. Now, he's the book's beginning. He gave the earth its form. He's the ark of safety, the bear and brunt of the storm, the burning bush of the desert and the budding of Aaron's rod. Yes, whenever I open the Bible, I see the Son of God the lamb upon Mount Moriah, the ladder from earth to sky, the scarlet cord in the window and the serpent lifted high, the smitten rock of the desert and the shepherd with staff and crook, the face of my Lord I discover whenever I open the book. He is the seed of the woman, the Savior, virgin born. He is the son of David whom men rejected with scorn. Ah, the Lord of eternal glory whom John the apostle saw. Yes, he is the light of the celestial city, the lamb without spot or flaw the bridegroom coming at midnight, for whom his people look. Whenever I open the Bible, I see my Lord in the book. One of the things I hope grows out of this study is that you'll begin to see Jesus all through Scripture. If I had time today, I would just walk you through every book. In Genesis, he's the seed of the woman. In Exodus, he's the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's our great high priest. In Numbers, he's the pillar of cloud by day and pillar of fire by night. In Deuteronomy, He is the lawgiver. In Joshua, he's the captain of our salvation. In Judges, he's the righteous judge. In Ruth, he's the kinsman redeemer. In Samuel, Kings, and Chronicles, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Ezra, he's the faithful scribe. In Nehemiah, he's the builder up of the broken down walls. In Esther, he's the God whose hand is present when his name is not. And then we come to the book of Job. Now, why am I bringing you to Job of all places on God's redemption timeline? Because Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Now, granted, Genesis goes back further because it takes us all the way to the creation. You could even argue that the gospel according to John goes back even further than Genesis because it shows you the word that was with God uh, in eternity past before the work of creation. But the oldest book, if you put it in chronological arrangement, would be the book of Job because it's before the time of the patriarchs, long before Moses ever lived. And as I was reading through Job again recently, I realized that in the oldest book of the Bible, we find Jesus. And not just Jesus, we find God's great work of redemption. Look with me today, would you please? At the book of Job, chapter number 19, Job is speaking, of course, out of his heartache, out of his heartbreak, Uh, but yet he still has the Lord in view. He says in Job 19, beginning in verse 23, Oh, that my words were now written. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graven with an iron pen and lead in the rock forever. I want to pause and just point out, isn't it glorious that God did just that? We're reading his words thousands of years later. 
Do you think Job fully understood all these things would be written in a book and that he was a part of God's great purpose, bigger than himself and much longer than his lifetime? And then he says in Job 19, verse 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. There's a lot of doctrine wrapped up in those few verses. You see, though Job was an ancient believer, in so many ways, there's a great deal of prophecy wrapped up in his words because the Holy Spirit was helping him to understand some things. The first was this, that man needs a redeemer. Why even use the word redeemer unless Job deeply felt the sin of his own soul and the great need and lack in his own life? Do you know why it's important to talk about redemption? Because we're all sinners. If we weren't sinners, we wouldn't need a redeemer. And yet, in the very oldest book of Scripture, there is this heart longing after God. There is this consciousness uh, in Job's mind that he needs someone greater than himself, someone to do for him what he could never do for himself. Now, someday I'd like to do a whole series through the book of Job, the questions of Job and the answers of Jesus. Because repeatedly there are all these questions, there are these heart cries, there are these longings which are legitimate in every sinner's heart that can only be found and fulfilled in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Someone rightly said that there is a God-shaped vacuum in every heart. There's a, a hole in every heart that only Jesus can fill. So the first great truth is that all people need a Redeemer. The second truth is that the Redeemer is alive. Now think about that just a minute because we know that our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ, died uh, but he is a living redeemer, not a dead redeemer. Uh, he was both the one offering the sacrifice and the sacrifice himself, but praise God, the sacrifice lives again. He rose from the dead. Uh, he is a resurrected redeemer. He was very much alive in Job's day. Uh, he was very much alive uh, when he came to live on this earth for 33 and a half years. He was very much alive when he came out of the grave, alive forevermore, and he is very much alive today. He can only redeem you because he is a living Savior. And so we learn that every man and every woman needs a Redeemer because we're all sinners. We learn that our Redeemer is alive. And then listen to the rest of it. I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. This is connecting uh, ancient history to coming prophecy. This is connecting the beginning of the Bible to the end of the Bible. Now we're fast-forwarding all the way to the latter days, to the very end. And what does he say? The Redeemer is going to reign. The Redeemer is going to rule. Isn't that wonderful? The Savior is also the King. And so there is hope in Job's heart, even in the midst of his despair, because there is a Redeemer, he is alive, and he is the eternal one who is going to rule and reign. Job felt deeply his own mortality, his own weakness. Uh, he even talks about the skin worms destroying his body. He's scraping the boils off of his flesh as he's speaking these words, and yet his weakness drives him to God's strength. Later in the same book, Job chapter number 33 and 34, finally, Elihu, the, the young man, shows up and begins to 
to speak some truth into the conversation. Listen to what he says of God. Job chapter 33, verse 24. Then he is gracious unto him and saith, Deliver him from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom. (laughs) Isn't this wonderful? A redemption is a price paid. What's a ransom? The same. The word ransom here literally means an atonement, a covering. Again, we have redemption. Again, a ransom. Again, salvation made for us and discovered in the oldest book of the Bible. You know why that is? Because it's the oldest need in the world. It's the biggest need of every heart. Sinners need a Redeemer. And the good news of the gospel is this. You have a Redeemer. His name is Jesus Christ. Uh, You not only have him, he's not only accessible, he's alive. And he is going to rule and reign forever. Because from the beginning all the way into eternity, the heart of God is a heart to redeem fallen humanity. You may feel like Job today. Maybe you're at the bottom. I say this to you. Run to the Redeemer. Thank you for joining us today, and thank you for investing in the ministry of Enjoying the Journey. This is a listener-supported program. If you feel led to partner with us, please visit enjoyingthejourney.org, where you may securely make a one-time investment or set up a recurring gift. However God leads you to partner with us, thank you. And we hope you'll join us next time on Enjoying the Journey.